Welcome to episode 101 of the Women of Marvel podcast, where the women of Marvel assemble to talk all things Marvel and more. I'm Adri Cowan. I'm the social media manager. I'm Sana Amana, director of content and character development. I'm Emily Shaw, associate editor. For now. Aww. Aww. And I'm Judy Stevens, producer. So uh, you guys just uh, listened to our episode 100th of the podcast. And for this 101, sadly, we are saying goodbye to Miss Emily Shaw. Womp womp. Don't go, Emily! This is actually the second time we're saying goodbye to a woman of Marvel podcast person. What's the, what's the t- term for Member. Podcaster. Member podcaster, yes. Host? Um, yes. Yes, Host. Janine Schaefer, uh, my, my, my previous work wife who left <laughs> me, and now Emily Shaw, my current work wife. Is a also leaving me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we some and a half commitment long issues. Yeah, I don't know what that says about <laughs> I know me. You should really think about your choices. Then. Yeah, because this is really all about me right now. Obviously, Emily, <laughs> you and your <laughs> commitment issues. Tell everyone where what what's happening. Where are you going? So I'm going to grad school. I'm moving from New York to Chicago. I'm going to be going to the University of Chicago to get my. MBA. Ooh. Oh, what? Makes perfect sense to go Absolutely. from being an editor to getting an, a, a business degree, right? I know. You would think it doesn't make sense. And yet, well, my thought process is I have seen a lot of really impressive people at Marvel specifically who can marry the business end of, of the entertainment industry with the creative side, still trying or still being able to get the best creative work out of people, but looking at sort of the overall business structure and business strategy, and I hope to be one of those people on the other end of MBA. So I don't want to leave the creative industry entirely, but I want to I want to just introduce new aspects of what I do. It also helps that you make more money if you have an MBA. Small detail. She's going to come back with, like, business suit coats with, like, shoulder pads. Yeah, Mm. and pay for all my meals. Shoulder pads? Is that still a thing? She'll be your sugar mama wife thing. My sugar mama wife. That's weird. (laughs) Sugar mama wife. That is so weird. Um, Yeah, so money is a thing that will happen potentially on the other end of MBA, but you never know. Ultimately, I just want to... I hope to come back to the entertainment industry and just looking at more of the macro structure of how the different um, departments interact with each other and still liaising with creative, but also looking at, you know, the business end, the financial end, all that good, fun strategy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's it's all the stuff that um, being an editor and coming from the creative side, you do need to get that kind of education to understand because even for me like my job shifted from being an editor and now I deal a little bit more with like strategy and thought processes behind like what kind of content we are developing across the different divisions and whatnot and it's complicated like you you know it's it's really I feel like it would be helpful for me to know a lot of this information so maybe when you're done you can just give me a quick tutorial. <laughs> no problem. I'll just yeah, download save, all of my information into money. your brain. Yeah, I'll save like 
100 grand or something that way. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about going back to school, though. I've always liked school. It's like a fun kind of half adulthood. I get to, like, pretend like I'm not an adult for a couple years. That'll be good. Well, when Emily told me that she was um, going to apply to business school and all this stuff, it happened very quickly. And she's like, yeah, so I think I'm going to go to MBA. I'm going to get my MBA. And, like, I'm taking my GMATs in, like, two weeks or something like that. Something insane. I'm like, "You're how do you do that? Don't you have to study? She's like, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm all figured out. And she comes back from her, she comes, she gets her score, and she's like, oh my god, I scored in like the 99th percentile, and I was like, what? <laughs> Who are Guys, you? Guys, I've been cursed with the Asian math gene, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I, I naturally am relatively good at math, which surprises people, because I ha- don't work with numbers in the industry that I'm currently in, so... Well, that'll be a new part of my life. It's very quite exciting. I thought it was hilarious. Watch out. I think everyone was pretty surprised. Also, not that you guys can see me here on the podcast, but I don't really dress like someone who would be interested in going into the business realm of things. I kind of dress in pajamas every day, so (laughs) that might have to shift slightly. That's sort of the Marvel dress code anyway. Absolutely. And that I will genuinely miss a lot. In fact, I went to a high school that had a dress code. And every Monday was formal dress, and they told us that it was to prepare for our future jobs in the business world. And I told myself, I'm never, ever going to do that, because F this place. And then look at me. It's so weird. <laughs> but you could always work for a business place, sort of like Marvel, where you may not necessarily have a suit coat with... Shoulder pads. Shoulder, shoulder pads. pads. I really Judy's just keep really my fixated on the shoulder <laughs> pads. I grew up with my mother being a, like a businesswoman and always having these giant shoulder pads on her shoulders. That's immediately what I think of businesswomen. Businesswomen should still wear shoulder pads. I think it makes them look really like popping. It looks great. I think no matter what I wear, I'm going to make sure to tape some shoulder pads on there. <laughs> I mean, like with my nice sundress, I'll you just show tape up to some shoulder pads and things. Be like, wow. <laughs> the 80s are in style now. It's fine. Absolutely. Well, yeah, so aside from the dress code, I think things are going to shift pretty significantly tomorrow. Oh, I guess not for the podcast listeners, but tomorrow in in the time that we are recording this is my last day. I'm still going to freelance edit one of the projects I currently work on, so I'm still going to be editing Scarlet Witch from afar, which is great because I love that project. I'm still going to help Sun out on a couple things, Mm -hmm. but... For the most part, and won't get to come to the office every day and see your beautiful faces, Aww. which is very sad. So upsetting. What are you going to miss the most? Hmm. I mean, this is such a corny answer, but it's so true. I'm totally going to miss all the people because there are some there are some silly things about working this job that just every job has, you know, little annoyances and things that bug you. But I do think that the people here at Marvel specifically, but also in this industry, are some of the best people and I remember before I even got into comics this was something that I was told by Mackenzie Cadenhead, former editor current spouse of Marvel employee Mm -hmm. and she said you know the thing about comics is that the people are the best people in the world and now having worked here I think it's kind of ruined me I mean I think that everything is going to be downhill from from a people perspective so maybe I'll be back on the other end so why don't you actually tell us about um, starting out, like how you got here and starting out, and um, I guess kind of how you went through the ranks, because I think it's helpful for people to know, because a lot of people come into, like, come to Marvel, and they either go through the ranks, or they figure out what they want to do, and, like, leave, like you. <laughs> um, but I think it's helpful, because you kind of also 
now sort of know a little bit more about where you want to be, and, and a lot of it has to do with Marvel's influence on your career. So Absolutely. So um, coming out of college, I knew I was interested in publishing, and I'd kind of fall in love, fallen in love with graphic novels fairly late in my development, like not until college. And there I had met Mackenzie Cadenhead, who I just mentioned, who was also Senna's mentor, who I reached out to and brought me into the fold of the Marvel family. She told me they were looking for an assistant editor. This was, you know, over the span of about like a year and a half. I came in, I, I, got, the interv- I got the interview, I came in, I got the job, and my first position was Mark Panicia, senior editor. I was his assistant, so I worked on the Ultimates, so like Ultimate Spider-Man, um, the main Ultimate title, which was really fun. I did Hulk, I did Iron Man, so I kind of got a good primer for the whole Marvel Universe. Then um, I've actually stayed working under Mark's office this whole three and a half years, which That's is pretty rare. unusual. It's very yeah. rare, um, but have since grown in my role, taken over as the main editor of our third-party books, which means, like, if we're collaborating with an ABC TV show or Stephen King or someone like that, I will edit those projects, so they're a little bit of a unique beast. And then I also have a couple Marvel U books that I work on, Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur, Scarlet Witch. And this whole time, I... The thing that's really amazing about Marvel, it's a big company, but it feels really small, and it's very accessible. So while we are, you know, sitting in editorial row working on our stuff, we're exposed to all these different departments. We're exposed to these very high-level people who are just, like, very accessible to us who can go up and ask them questions, like Dan Buckley, our publisher. His office door is, like, open. You can go in there and ask him a question if you want. So actually it was Dan watching him and how he interacted with editorial, coming into our creative retreats, having great comments, and also running all of these big, important departments that kind of inspired me to taking this next step towards NBA. You forgot uh, that you met me first. After McKenzie, we had an informational... <laughs> second. second. After right. an informational that interview part. that we had, you and I went and had a coffee. We, we had a coffee together. We did. We met at Pret, yeah. which it, I go to many times a day. Yes. And when the assistant, and that was before any position was available. Yes. So I was after the fact where you kind of, I think you had gone somewhere and then you touched base with Mackenzie again. So what happened is actually I was touching base with her when I was in India, backpacking around being kind of a bum. And I came back and she was having her baby because we were originally supposed to meet up for coffee. And she like went into labor, like when I was supposed to meet with her. So she was like, uh, here, meet with Sana. She's awesome. Yeah, She's my best yeah. friend. How She's did gonna you be great. Meet Mackenzie? So Mackenzie went to my college. Okay. And she came to speak to my graphic novels class, just saying, like, this is what it is to be an editor. Like, this is what I did. And walking us through the process of like you get a script, you edit the script, then you get layouts, and you edit the layouts, and you get art. And it was like super awesome. And kind of a light went off in my head, and I was like, that sounds really fun. I'd like to do that. And I reached out to her, and then we just sort of became pen pals, kind of. So that's the lesson, really, too, here, is make sure you're aggressive about connecting with people when you meet them uh, and following aggressive. up. Aggressive. Aggressive. Get in their face. Be I'm just kidding. aggressive. Be, be aggressive. <laughs> By aggressive, she means 
um, determined but not forceful. But also don't be shy because I think a lot of times on the other end of things you think you're bothering people. You're like, oh, I don't want to reach out because they're so busy, they're so important, they don't want to hear from me. It'll, like, somehow negatively affect their life if I reach out to them, which is really not the case. Because I do think all of us, or many of us, got here via someone reaching out and saying, you're really cool, like, I want you here, I'm going to help you get here. And, like, paying it forward is also a big part of why the Marvel community is so awesome. So never be afraid to, like, reach out to someone, even if you don't know them very well. So what would be, I guess, your, based on all the experiences you've had and you're going next up, what would you, your, your advice be to people trying to figure out what they want to do in life? Wow. Not just, like, get into comedy. We talk about how do you break in, da, da, da. We've given that advice. Like, figure, figuring it out. Like, how do you go through the thought process of saying, okay, I want to go to business school or, mm-hmm. you know, I want to go back and travel. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, how, how, yeah. how do you listen to yourself? Well, I think a big thing for me, and this is probably specific to every individual, but for me, a big part of my decision process is what gives me the most options. And not in a way where I'm trying to run away from responsibility or I'm trying not to do things, but I just was very interested throughout my relatively short period of time in the job world about making sure that I can leverage my experience and have many different paths that I can take and not be necessarily beholden to one specific path. And so a big part of why I'm going to get my MBA now is just that I felt like while I absolutely love it here at Marvel and I could easily stay another five, ten years, I see a branch going in a somewhat parallel direction and I feel like if this is if the, the two options is to stay at Marvel or to take this opportunity to go to graduate school, I think graduate school just gives me more opportunity. And so that's a bit of a macro sort of vague piece of information. But I do think for me it was about not being scared to change up the routine and to sort of take a risk if it's ultimately going to pay off and give me more options in the future. Yeah, thinking kind of just thinking about. I mean, it is sort of the the the. There are two paths, and you're trying to figure out exactly what's not what's less traveled, what's better for you, and what you're looking to do. Because you could have stayed and had a successful career, but you might not want to be. You know, the path here is you know editor in chief potentially one day, and maybe that's not the road that you want to go down. Um, so this de- definitely does give you a bit more leeway. Yes, and I mean, obviously, this is all this is all a little premature because who knows? Maybe it'll be the biggest regret ever, and I'll be like, "Why did I leave Never, Marvel? No, what a mistake!" No. Please. <laughs> but I, hashtag I do, no regrets. Hashtag no I mean, regrets. You will regret not working with me anymore. I believe. Oh, 100%. 100%. No, it's the third like, time Sada's brought it back to it's herself. A very, yep, that's it's what a I tried very to do. Bittersweet goodbye because I do feel like. Sana specifically, but so many people here I consider my family, and that is going to be really hard to uproot and move, and that's a big part of, I think, what keeps people, you know, working here for so long. I mean, Judy, you've been here 10 years now. It was Judy's 10-year anniversary, which is amazing. I imagine that was part of your your experience as well. I, I Like, I feel like being here for 10 years, I've never done one job. You definitely see that you wanted to learn you want to learn new things and here at Marvel I've done I've done like four or five different jobs in each one of them I've learned new things if I had just done the same job if I started out as a web designer if I'd been here for 10 years I would have definitely I would feel stale because 
I think some people some people can't do things the same thing every day again and again and again. I'm one of those people. But some people can. Some people are totally content to do the same thing. But I think that's what makes New York City so great is that you meet all these people who are willing to take risks and try something new. And also which I which I think is a really great lesson out of your story, Emily, is that you don't have to be afraid later in life to change what you're doing. I think the the American way is go to school at, at 18, get your degree, you're going to do that for the rest of your life. But what you know, more and more people are learning is that you can change what you want to do at 30, at 40, at 50. What was it like? Uh, Oprah, like Oprah, didn't have was like a like a salesperson or something like that, and she didn't actually get her first TV show until she was like in her 30s. So I think that that's you know, you're going to take a risk, and you're showing all of our listeners at home that you know if they're wanting to do something and they're afraid to do it. You know, maybe they can, too, take it a risk. Yeah, that's what you should be doing in your 20s, I think. And also, to keep in mind, someone said this to me once, and it's stuck to, stuck with me every day since, and it's, like, the number of years you have to work in your life, given you don't end up retiring super early because you manage to become independently wealthy. But, like, <laughs> you're going to have, like, 40 years to work. So whatever choice or, or path that you decide to take... Um, doesn't there's no permanence to it. You can always say you you go and do this and you build up all these amazing skills and you can come back or go into something you've learned something new about yourself, you've gained new skills and you've opened more doors for yourself. And then you have like, okay, great, 30 more years to work. So, congratulations. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I keep looking at my like my 401k and like the amount of the amount of time I have left before retirement, and I'm like, oh god, <laughs> there's so much more time than God. Yes. <laughs> there's so much time. Uh, I don't think about it like that. I think about like, you know, what's tomorrow going to bring, and what am I going to learn different, and what's something new. Because if you like think about like, oh, this year is going to take forever because like I have to do A, B, and C. That's not fun, and you should always be doing, you know, like. At the end of the day, every job has a sense of bureaucracy and a sense of annoyance, as you were saying. But you should ha- you should find a job that you love, and also a job that you can sort of walk away from and leave at the office, which I think is something that's really for me is very important. So you know you're going to go and be a kid again, be a kid. partial <laughs> kid, partial kid. She's although, always been a kid. Although, trust me. Although with a fiance, planning a wedding, yeah. Yeah. moving to Chicago. Also that, guys. Um, <laughs> no, I think I. a lot of this is personality. I'm the type of person, I, I have ADD, I naturally like to think about a lot of different types of things, and jumping into a slightly new industry and career is not that foreign or scary to me, because that's kind of just who I am, but there's nothing wrong with also craving stability. I think that the the trap that people get stuck in is that you have to have some sort of like linear narrative to your job trajectory that the thing you did right before should lead very directly into the thing you do next. And I think that, and this is me saying this before I take this big leap, but I feel like that's a falsehood, and I think that that does hold people back. I think that's a great point, because that is exa- that's exactly why you're going to a great MBA program. Yeah, University of Chicago. Yes. But that's but I feel like a lot of a lot of people are <clears throat> are so afraid to sort of steer left or right, and they just want to stay in the lane because they afraid they're afraid they're going to lose time. 
but to Adri's point, you're never really going to lose time because there's, <laughs> there's so much time. time. <laughs> you know, hopefully. But also, I think, too, it's smart of what you're doing to make sure that there's actually... There is a connection between the things. Like, it is definitely harder to just pick a completely new career path. Like, okay, you're going to be a personal trainer. And then going back from being a personal trainer to being an editor is going to be more difficult mm-hmm. because there are people looking at resumes or going to... They want to find some... So, you're, but you're being very smart about it. Um, and I think th- this is completely in the same same realm. You're just kind of improving on your skills. Yeah, yeah. I hope that that is the case at the very least. But yeah, I'm excited about this next step. So to summarize the last three years of your life here at Marvel, what is your favorite project that you've worked on? Okay, so like, I hate to Sophie's Choice the situation because so many of my darlings have been wonderful. But I will say that getting to create a new character with the book Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur has been just a total milestone for me because it's so rare in this industry that you get to start from scratch building an absolutely new character, new backstory, origin story. And obviously Sunna can speak to this because she has great success with doing that with Ms. Marvel. And the fact that I got an opportunity to do that with the character Lunelle Lafayette is really fantastic and was just, um, yeah, definitely one of the highlights of my career here. My career? Mm-hmm. Yeah, career. Career. Yeah. So like, what you're like, oh, I'm done. I'm dropping the mic now. Exactly. I was like, <laughs> all right, I'm good. I've left my legacy. <laughs> that's, that's a good book to leave your legacy on. Dinosaurs for the win. So yeah, where absolutely. do you, when you leave, the last question, when you leave Marvel, what are your, like, what do you hope that Marvel becomes? Like, what are your hopes for the company, for, like, women of Marvel? What do, what do you, you know hoping that we don't screw up. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> we will well, screw something up, so. I think Women of Marvel is at a really unique point where the the concept of this group called Women of Marvel is just growing exponentially, and I think there's a million directions that it can grow in, but I just think the biggest through line that I see for Marvel as a company and for like Women of Marvel specifically is just Mainstream isn't necessarily the right word, but just like making the Marvel universe more accessible to people who maybe didn't grow up with comics or maybe feel like they wouldn't naturally be able to be part of this community. And I think that that's a direction that Marvel is taking in really exciting ways, like our Netflix series, you know, obviously all of our movies. But I think that just continuing that trend and making the superhero genre not relegated to this um, sort of nerddom culture that only a couple people know about and just sort of being able to expand the accessibility of that I think is really exciting. Well, hopefully we will uh, listen to you and make you proud. Yes, I'll keep listening. I'm going to be a loyal listener. I'm sad to not be able to be behind the mic anymore. Maybe you can call in and we can do an update with you. Yeah, special call. So where can people find you if people are wanting to follow the adventures of Emily Shaw? The NBA adventures. <laughs> no, no, every adventures. Wants to know. Yeah. Um, well, you can still follow me on my bad social media Twitter handle with an underscore in it at <laughs> Emily underscore Shaw Shaw. My last name twice. Um, 
that's probably the best place to follow me. I'm not like super in the like Tumblr world or anything like that. So definitely Twitter is the way to go. Maybe I'll maybe I'll finally start tweeting about my about my math. <laughs> I'm pretty sure nobody wants to hear about what? that. I don't know. What do you mean? I don't know. Math. I'm sure there's <laughs> math podcasts out there in Tumblr. There probably are. One person wants to hear about my experience with math, guys. I feel like someone's going to write it. And it's because he has to. <laughs> probably not even him. Let's be real. <laughs> well, we're hoping to uh, hear more from you as you go and test and math and things. I can't even imagine how to take a test anymore. I don't even know how to do that. Guys, it's going to be it's going to be tough. So you Brush are going to rock it because you did amazing here with your career at Marvel. So, uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Or T2E2 next year, probably. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Y'all That's right. We'll come follow you in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, we, hopefully, if you're listening to this, you have listened to our 100th episode, which was a live podcast from Barnes & Noble in New York City. We had a great group of guests. Very exciting. Um, and we're looking to do even more of that in the future including as we gear up for San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. Well, Emily, you will be missed. Thank you for all of your incredible work and contribution to Marvel. Um, And stay in touch. Don't be a stranger. I'll miss you guys, too. Thanks, Emily. Sad, guys. Yeah. All right, slow clap. We're slow clapping. Even though I still have to put, like, the tablet. Wrap it up. (laughs) All right. As always, if you have suggestions or questions, please email us at womanof at marvel.com or tweet at marvel. Hashtag womanofmarvel. We'll see you guys next week. This is Marvel, your universe.